Hey, I want to invite you guys, if you've been listening to this podcast and enjoying this content and are passionate about protection, you should know that we have an entire library of all of the protector symposiums that we've ever done uh, hosted at protectornation.com. You can go there and you can download those and you can watch every protector symposium we've had to date there online and you can learn protection tactics from the most, some of the most elite trainers in the world from the comfort of your own home. I think you'll be surprised about how much content we actually have there. Uh, It's very, very, very reasonably priced and you can upgrade your protection skills. Remember, protection is not all about the hard skills. 90% of it is all about the software, the programming, the way you see and move in the world to achieve a safer pattern of life. With that having been said, go to protectornation.com, join us there, learn from the best of the best. Now, enjoy the show. Boom, hello and welcome to the Protector Nation podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to making the world a better place, making the world a safer place by making good people dangerous. In this podcast, we're going to study and understand what it takes to protect, to protect your family, to protect your loved ones, because we all know that you have a few basic needs, food, water, and shelter, but you also have the need to protect those things. In a world and society where evil runs rampant and is sometimes left unchecked, learning how to protect yourselves and your loved ones is becoming more and more important. And so we strive to raise the level of accountability to those who would do evil on this planet by making sure that the sheep, that the flock, is more well-versed in protecting themselves and their loved ones. If that sounds interesting to you, then sit back and enjoy the show. Out. Boom, here we are, uh, kicking off another, this is gonna be a live podcast recording, so uh, we'll let everyone kind of get in here. But um, today we're going live with a special guest, I mean, this gentleman's been in the game. I've been hearing about him since I was a little Padawan. Just you know, so, Come on now. <laughs> you know, so you know, it's a life of service, a life of um, of doing warrior centric service, man. So it's an absolute honor, Craig Sawyer Saw, man. Thank you so much for spending this time with us today. How you doing, sir? Hey, brother. It's a privilege to be on. It's uh, I, I'm looking forward to a great chat here. Yeah, man, absolutely. And for those of you who have who don't know, you know, um, the Sawman has a background in the Marine Corps, Navy SEAL, SEAL Team Six, I believe. Um, operated overseas, uh, doing some uh, ODA work as well. He's been on all your favorite talk shows, <laughs> you know, talking about anti-terrorist stuff and um, and some TV shows as well. So he's been really contributing to this game for a while, man. So you know. Uh, we've got, it's going to be a good one to sit back, learn, and he's going to be our keynote speaker at this upcoming protector symposium 5.0. Uh, so that is something you guys got to look out for as well. I believe the link is in the show notes if you guys want to join us for that. So, um, awesome. Awesome. How how you been doing out there? How's life? You know, how's how's the operation? Just got back from Florida where we filmed the entire first season of our new talk show live studio audience tv talk show defending our children that's going to be a mainstream production and wow. we've got the upcoming documentary series it's going to be really you know punch you right in the face hard-hitting documentary series but the tv show awesome. is going to be much more mainstream to reach people 
that we can't reach with the docuseries with the radio show and the other things that we do, man, we're, we're out blasting the yeah. truth out because there, there's so much censorship, right? The topic that we're out to expose. So we have to really be aggressive to get mm -hmm. around the, the media gatekeepers. They do not want the people to know what's happening. That's awesome. And I feel like, I don't know if it was you or if I was talking with Baz about this, but I think exposure, man, is such a powerful tool because a lot of these guys, a lot of these entities or individuals or organizations, um, those who are involved in these dark ops have so much kind of top cover because it, you know, from what I've heard, it's hard to get to them because these things imply a lot of people sometimes. Um, and so light actually exposure actually seems to be the, seems to be effective. Hey, look, um, look at the Maxwell trial. Look what happened to Jeffrey Epstein. Mm -hmm. Whether you think he was abducted and or murdered, he's not he's not there testifying. Mm -hmm. Maxwell, they've convicted her. And how many of the clients have they arrested? So people are laughing. It's it's like a joke now. Where's our DOJ? Right. People are saying, hey, she's the first person in human history to be prosecuted for child trafficking to nobody. I mean, that's wow. how ridiculous it's gotten. So, yeah, they, they do enjoy a lot of top cover. Uh, the yeah, mainstream yeah. news media won't talk about it. U.S. Marshal Service will make raids, make hundreds of arrests at a time, dozens wow. and dozens, sometimes 80 or 100 children rescued at a time. Mainstream news media won't talk about it. You can see the, the articles from all the different publications. We'll share that on social media with each other, but you're not going to see that on primetime on Fox News or CNN or any others. They just don't cover it. Why? I mean, that affects every single one of us, Byron, but our our so-called news outlets aren't covering it, man. Uh, that should shock and alarm everybody. Yes. When you've got something, look, child trafficking in the United States has generated an estimated 38 to $50 billion a year inside the United States. Now that's selling children. So if it's closer inside. to that $50 billion estimation bracket than the 38, that means it's bigger than all pro sports combined in annual revenue. So I just try to sit and calculate how many children have to be harmed to what degree to be sold to generate 38 to $50 billion. And if that doesn't buckle your knees, I don't know what would, if, if you can't wrap your mind around the level of harm that these sickos are into. So coming from any covert background, you realize a covert operation survives on its secrecy. If you're in hostile territory, and the, the natives learn that you're there running a covert op and what you're up to and where you are. You got trouble. You got millions of people chasing you. Yeah. That's the dynamic I'm trying to create for child traffickers in the United States, a hostile, non-permissive environment so that the American people are informed and empowered against it, understand what it looks like, how to report it. And, and we not, we don't tolerate it anymore. And we dog these traffickers until they find another profession and leave the children there. And it's as simple as that. Stop raping the yeah. kids, the sickos. Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, there's a quote in the good book, man, you know, and woe to him who harms these little ones. It'd be better for a millstone to be tied around his neck and for him to be tossed in the sea. You know, so, you know, even... You know, some of our best representations of love have absolutely no allowances for this type of behavior. Yeah.
You know, Look, the Bible's absolutely clear about it, man. And yep. those who harm the children are putting themselves deliberately on the side of evil to be thrown in the lake of fire for eternity. Yeah. I and mean, that's not a place that uh, anybody should should be willing to go. So mm -hmm. I mean, that's, a, that's a bad call. Yep. No, but anyway, so nonetheless, this is what we're getting into. The nitty gritty, uh, the reality of kind of the evil that's all around us and what we can do as protectors about it. That's what we're going to hit over the next little bit here. And uh, the saw man's going to be with us at the protector symposium. I'm going to run a really quick um, preview of what we've got coming for you guys. Cause this software is pretty cool and I can do that. And then we will get into it. Boom. gentlemen the protector symposium 5.0 is finally here the protector symposium is a quite legendary live event that goes on in the protection industry where i bring in about five of the world's top protection trainers in various disciplines the infamous craig sawman sawyer is going to be in the house and he's going to be laying down some wisdom about what it takes to be a modern protector. Uh, he's got an amazing background, Navy SEAL, SEAL Team 6, sniper. He's got expertise in shooting, surveillance detection, anti-terror task force operations. Next up, we've got Raul Martinez, who's gonna teach you the art of being able to implement, regain control of your firearm in the clinch. Do you know how to actually pull that weapon and implement it in close range? Can you get it back if something happens to it? Next up, we've got Ed Calderon, the infamous, who's gonna teach weaponology, which is one of my favorite courses because I believe this course may be more dangerous than 90% of the courses that I've taken over my professional career. You're gonna learn the ology behind weapons. Next up, we've got Kawa 2 Alpha 2 Quit, who is a Green Beret who's been teaching elite fighting forces the art of close quarters movement, close quarters battle, how to fight with a gun inside of a building. Last, but definitely not least, we've got the infamous instructor Zero coming to us from over the pond. It's an honor to bring him in. I've been wanting to train with him for a long time. He's gonna be teaching us how to fight around vehicles. Where do 80% of force encounters take place? They take place in transitional spaces, on your way from your office to your car, on your way from your car to your house, at the gas station. Watch my tactical protection reviews and you will see that 80% of those vehicles are outside around vehicles. That is what we've got coming, man. That's exciting. That's exciting. What do you think about an event like this, Craig, as you see something like this, sir? Look, I applaud it. Look, if you love people, you want them empowered. Knowledge is power. So this yeah. event shares knowledge and empowers the people with how to protect themselves and each other. I, I celebrate it. It's, um, it's something that's very needed. So many people have grown so soft now by design. Mm -hmm. And uh, I applaud anybody that swims up river and, and empowers American people instead. So Thank you. good on you for putting this on. <laughs> Thank you. So that, that means a lot. I appreciate it. And yeah, no, that's been something that's actually been breaking my heart is watching just the human decay, man. You know, I was, I was working somewhere the other day and I was, um, 
on a, I was like at a water park and I was just looking at people, you know, like the quality of people, like the baseline, you know, and yeah. looking and walking by all these young men and like, they were just scared to look me in the eyes. And I was like, come on, man. You know, I was, you know, trying to give them respect, you know, and, and, and just say hello. And, you know, the, just the, the social little bit of social kind of friction of just looking at someone and saying hi, just scare people away. And, you know, it's, it's been, um, yeah, it's well, something Byron, when you when you when you hockey check them and stand over them and say what, yeah. they're probably a little intimidated. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, man, come on, like you want to grab the young man and be like, come on, man. No, I, I know <laughs> what you're talking about, and it is disheartening yeah. to see people. Uh, they can't make eye so, contact. They're intimidated. They're, yeah. they're the confidence has been shattered, and it's it's been done to our society, brother. We we yeah. do have the ability to fight back, though. Yeah, 100%. That's what we're doing. I love it. So one of my favorite opening questions, especially with someone like yourself, who's been, you know, around the block for quite a while. Um, who are you at your core? You know, who is, you know, who's who's the man behind the work, you know? Well, for me, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm misunderstood. People see the harder edge of me. And mm -hmm. I think that harder edge was developed, number one, because I had a big brother that used to beat me uh, <laughs> <laughs> mercilessly. Right, and yeah. I grew up in all the harder edge martial arts and boxing and, and you know, 5A football in Southern Texas and, Heck, yeah. and, and motocross and all of the, you know, that. Okay. So I went off for the Marine Corps and SEAL teams and, and did the whole that thing, fighting martial arts tournaments and all of it. And so I really found myself in the, the application of it but I, man as a child i was a lover man my family you know would describe how and a lot of guys probably wouldn't share this because they may be afraid that it would shatter their tough guy image but i mean i think i've been around and done too much to, to, to care about. about that anymore but yeah. my family all describes how i would just curl up in my mom or my sister's lap and just hug them and snuggle i was a lover man mm -hmm. and I, when you love people you're willing to defend them and protect them mm -hmm. and that's why i went off into the marine corps and the seal teams to be mm -hmm. one of the baddest, meanest, most steely-eyed killers there ever were mm -hmm. to go and eradicate terror before it came here and ruined our peace. And I, yep. I, I was so fierce and so dedicated to that notion because I loved the American people so dearly. My friends mm -hmm. and family, I was willing to fight to protect them. And mm -hmm. so that's ultimately who I am. I, I look back throughout my life and all I've always chosen a job that was a protector job, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so that, that's obviously who I am at the core. I, I'm a lot mm -hmm. of things other than that. I'm, yeah. you know, I, I took a commercial art course in high school for, for, um, you know, I could have been a commercial artist. I, um, I played drums growing up in church and in rock and roll bands and yeah. I love music and you know, I raced motocross. I won several championships after I got out of the SEAL teams I got really heavily into motocross and supercross oh. racing. That's uh, kind of my happy place. I love family and uh, I love shooting, especially long range shooting, teaching yeah. people how to, how to read the wind and shoot through high, high winds and, and changing wind conditions and consistently hit and watching the look on their face when they finally figure out that, that sorcery, you know, it's <laughs> really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy training people and empowering them, whether it's little girls or old ladies or, or, SEAL Team 6 operators or 
um, CIA snipers or, or whichever. I've trained them all, and I enjoy empowering people that want to protect themselves and others. So it's all of those things, but essentially protector is kind of exactly what I'm wired to do. No, I love it, man. What you said is is perfect. I love that you, you started there. It's something I've been kind of trying to explain for a while. So it's awesome to hear it, you know, from someone else. But like, I think being a warrior is an act of service. And I think it is our expression of love, man. Yeah. Because that guy who no greater love than this and a man who's willing to lay down his life for his brother, you know, that guy who's willing to do that and go that distance. Like we fight, you know, harder and more. And it's a high quality of love because you've got to train yourself to be able to, to be formidable. And, and, and all these things, like it's, it's kind of like the, it's our love language. I think being a warrior is like an act of service. You have to train to be able to do It's such an honor, you know, it's beautiful. Yeah. Love's a stronger emotion than any other. And Mm -hmm. it's a stronger principle. And that's why I believe, and I've always seen that the best, most capable warriors were the ones who had a strong love for someone or something Mm -hmm. that they were defending. Yeah. Otherwise, if you're just a drug addict and you're lost in this world as to who you are, you're just looking for some, you know, some space to occupy, to be a tough guy. What are you fighting for? Where's your real motive? Mm -hmm. You know, you'll dabble at it. But you'll you'll never make the the giant hardcore contribution that someone will who knows what he's fighting for and believes in, entirely in it and yeah. will lay down his life in a heartbeat because he he believes it's it's that important. Absolutely, no, I love that. What would you say was your biggest takeaway from the SEAL teams? Oh man, <laughs> digging. Um, there, there are several things, really. Yeah. One that is that your body is capable of so much more than you initially believe it to be capable of. Yes. And now in my old age, I could tell you that does come back on you. So there's a price. <laughs> you can make your body do whatever the heck you decide it's going to do. Yeah. You can you can force it. For a while. It will revisit that upon you in <laughs> old age. I'm just here to admit that. No. I wouldn't it's change no. a minute of it. But secondly, I think the preparation SEAL team, man, we, we, we're not there. There's no chivalry on guard. And, and you let him get ready and you begin, you know, like boxing, yeah. you, you punch, punch, punch. And then you step back and you rest and you dance it. No, we, we go, we stick and move. We put the enemy down and we move on. Mm-hmm. And it's all in the, in the setup. Uh, we mm-hmm. don't mean for there to be a fair fight. So we train and plan and rehearse to where it is absolutely a done deal. If at all possible. And we go in and we make it happen one time clean and doesn't mean that it's clean, but it means that we prepare extensively. And I think that's the biggest takeaway Byron from the teams is, Hey, if you want something to happen badly enough, you'll put in the work to prepare to make it happen. Like everybody wants to win on game day, yeah. but champions decide that the will to prepare to win is where it's really at. And yeah. I think that's, that'd be my biggest takeaway is man. We, we prepare. I love it, man. If they see you, by the time they see you, it's, it's too, late. too late. Yeah, yeah. I love it. That's the way to fight, man. There's a lot. I mean, Sun Tzu, all warfare is built on deception, right? We all know that one. That's good stuff, man. That's that's good. Getting kind of back into this this trafficking, you know, kind of world and your experience dealing with terrorism and anti-terrorist task force. Have you seen any parallels between these two kind of animals, between the you know, because I, I feel like there might be some connections in there. You know, can you speak on there, that? 
There absolutely is. I mean, I, I spent my entire professional career where there was, uh, you know, in the Marines, I started to go into force recon and, and SEAL teams, you know, we're all about counterterrorism. Made my mm -hmm. way all the way to the highest tier one level of it. Stayed there for a while. And then even in the Air Marshal Service, it was a counterterrorist operation. And the same thing in um, really keeping the State Department officials from terrorist abduction or, or, or death. Same thing in the intelligence community. Mm -hmm. So with all of it, I, I've tried to defend our nation from terror. Only right. to find out that those who are actually suffering the most terror are our own children here in our own country mm -hmm. right now. It's not somewhere else. It's not in a third world country. It is there, but it's also here. Americans yeah. spend more money than any other country on child sex, child pornography, and child rape, child uh, trafficking. So... I, I realized that these people that do this to children are sociopaths. They don't care about the children. They could say like NAMBLA, man, boy, love association. I just want to rape the boy so that I can get off. Well, what is, what about the boy? Oh, he'll be fine. No, he won't. I could tell you he's not fine because I talk to him every day now, just about, and it breaks my freaking heart. Byron men can tell you what they could not articulate when they were a boy. And is that being raped by a full-grown man was absolutely traumatizing, absolutely shattered their little minds. It's horrifying. Even if you don't see blood and guts and the child isn't black and blue, his little mind is absolutely wrecked because they're not, children are not for that. It's very unnatural. They have a natural aversion for it. And that's why the predators spend a lot of time grooming the children, breaking them down. Now, all the way into our school systems, the predators are, are demanding that our, our kindergartners be taught how to perform all manner of perversion, how to have anal sex with different toys and all that at kindergarten. That's what the predators want, so that the children are already kind of predisposed to this sort of perversion so the predators can rape them. It's, it's, all, it's all bad for the kids. Yeah. A human's brain is not fully developed until the ages of about 25 years. So yeah. they don't have the ability to advocate for themselves against a full-grown predatory adult. And that's why child rape can never be normalized. Alfred Kinsey's tried to, and you can watch that in our, our film, Contraland. I urge everybody to watch it. It's a good faith public service alert. Contralandmovie.com. Please watch it. It's very empowering. But we, we show you about Alfred Kinsey, how he started this normalization campaign. Well, we have to all link arms, stand in front of the children, say, leave the children alone. And in the schools, instead of teaching them how to be easy victims, we should be educating them on how to resist advances by full-grown predatory adults so that they could grow up healthy and sane yeah. and, and live fulfilled lives instead of uh, trauma victims, because it's absolutely destructive. Wow. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. I, I just don't understand. That was good. That was all good stuff. I'm going to throw this ContraLandMovie.com here in the chat. You guys, you guys, check it out. Get some good education right there. This is one of those topics that makes my blood boil. Um, and it's one of those things that's just like probably one of, if not the most righteous battles for a protector to be involved in is defending those people, those little humans who can't defend themselves. If you have kids, you know, this should really hit home.
What type of things can civilians do to try and protect uh, themselves? Yeah, uh, well, we, know, we have a, a, a big list of tools on our website, v4cr.org. Go there, look at all the tools that we have. It, it teaches you what to look for. It teaches you how to safeguard your children, what types of apps are in their phones that may be surreptitious and, and um, performing covert functions like facial recognition of your child, covert uh, capture of video of your child, geolocating your child. So yeah. listeners, did you realize that predators can track your child wherever your child goes? If your child's one, on one of these apps or your child thinks he's talking to another child, but he's really talking to a full-grown predatory adult mm -hmm. that's on one of these problematic apps and tracking your child. So to school, from the school bus, the park, the playground, walking home, going out to take the trash out, predator can stalk your child please look at our list of problematic apps how to find them in your child's phone to protect them we have to invade our child's privacy enough to make sure they're going to survive to get to adulthood so those are some things byron and, and also how to get involved politically yeah. a lot of this is happening because of politics it's not a political issue but one side of the aisle is trying to normalize the entire concept of child rape and child harm and we can't let them. So we have to get involved because they're winning at every step. Mm -hmm. All of this perversion is happening in our schools. We, the American patriots, are being called domestic terrorists for standing <laughs> up and asking difficult questions at school board right. meetings by tyrants who are terrified of us standing up and asking hard questions. Right. So we do have to, um, from the, the bottom up, mm -hmm. re-engage in the political process like our founding fathers set us up to do they gave us that empowerment we have to use it the other side's using it extensively right. they own all the boards from the from the all the panels from the bottom up man the the, uh, the neighborhood um, it, um, what am I trying to say the neighborhood watch uh, boards the um, homeowners associations the PTA meetings and all that kind of stuff the radical left is is saturating all of that so yeah. you can control all the access to political positions. In other words, if you or I, Byron, wanted to run for political office, we'd probably never even get to step one mm -hmm. because they'll have everything already checkmated and they'll make sure you don't get there. Wow. So it, that's why it takes so much money to run for office now because there's there's these gatekeepers. Right. So, wow. But on our website, there's a lot of info on how to get involved, how to get engaged, how to apply leverage on your elected officials so that they serve us, we the people, and protect our children rather than harm them. It's that simple. We have yeah. to make our voices known, find out how to leverage our elected officials so that they answer to us instead of the loud, radical other side that wants to harm the children. Uh, that's, a, that's a simple one as well. All that's on v4cr.org. Wow. Awesome. And I just shot that link in the uh, description as well. We're going to have all these links in the description, but these links are in the comments too if you guys do want to go and check that out. It's been kind of um, disheartening watching politics and, you know, and I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm like, has it always been like this? And I've just not been tuning in because I was like, you know, no, like, it's gotten worse. It's really? absolutely gotten worse. Or is, it like, or is it as bad as it looks like it's really getting, you know, here, here's the thing. Speaking of protector and knowledge is power. This is gen five warfare. Yeah. What's going on. A lot of people don't understand why things are going so horribly wrong. 
and our country, it's not because the, the politicians are that stupid. It's because they're working literally for our enemies. Yeah. And when, when you look at the 45 goals that the communists wrote on how they were going to overthrow the United States without firing a shot, it was read before Congress in 1963. We were warned way back then. Yuri Bezmenov mm -hmm. gave a ser series of very powerful lectures. He was a Russian KGB defector. He came here and He's he shared with us their plan and how they're, they're attacking our culture through yeah. information warfare. And our culture is what makes our nation strong. So look, yep. everybody, communists can't overthrow the United States with tanks, planes, and guns. They know that. We're too strong. Mm -hmm. So they attacked what made us insurmountable, our culture meaning our basic Judeo-Christian values, do unto others as you would want them to do to you, our faith in God, our, our, um, our patriotism, the nuclear family unit where you have a loving mother and father that raise healthy children, yep. all of that's under attack, and it's by design. And if you look up the 45 communist goals in any search engine, you can read their list of what they've been up to, and you'll be like, oh, my God, they've already done it all, and we've let them. Yep. So if we just understand that that's what the game is, we can start taking action to to counter what they're doing. That's very, very important. You can't understand how to win a war if you don't even know that you're in one. You know, I bet if you knocked on your two neighbors doors and said, hey, do you realize we're under we're at war? We're under attack. They'd be like, where? They don't they don't, yeah, they'll be, they'll be they don't be watching Netflix and eating popcorn. You know, they're yeah. going complaining about their Starbucks. Yeah, <laughs> no yeah. idea. I mean, literally. So it is Generation 5 warfare. That's how Gen 5 warfare works. It's right. brilliant and it's effective. And that's why they need the mainstream news media, big tech, social media. They need to control all that to censor the, the truth so that they can bombard us with the thought processes that they want us to have so that we give right. up our freedom and liberty without a shot fired. It's happening. Like literally, and it's happening. And when Yuri started talking, you guys have to look up uh, Yuri Bezmenov. I might even just put him in the show notes. It's such an amazing education. But he's like, a, it's like, it's like, it's it's like prophetic because you're watching him in like, what looks like the 70s maybe. Yeah, so like the early 80s, I think a lot of his yeah. lectures were done. G. Edward Griffin did a fantastic job yeah, um, highlighting him as well as is writing the um, the creature from Jekyll Island mm -hmm. about the Federal Reserve System and what a screw over that was. Yeah, uh, G. Edward Griffin. I mean, that's what a hero looks like in this day and age. Uh, somebody that that brings the truth to the people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, that's what we need. Where do you? What's a good? What's a good place for people to find truth these days? There's so much misinformation and like social engineering and yeah. things like that going on. It's almost like, like in my mind, I kind of know the script, you know, like, because I went down that rabbit hole the second I got out of the Marine Corps, I was like, this something, you know, so I started looking and I kind of understand where they're pushing us and it shapes the way I see the world and it shapes the way I see the way the messages they're sending me. But like, what, are there any good news sources or information sources you know about there? Well, you know, uh, one American news seems to be telling it about the straightest of, of any um, channels now. No. Uh, Newsmax does all right. I think, um, you know, I, I listen to people like Dan Bongino, um, mm -hmm. you know, people, Alex Jones is highly controversial, 
but I think that's because of his antics. He he puts on a tinfoil hat and he yells and he screams. Yeah, but I don't you look at his on top of it, man. <laughs> if you take it from a CIA perspective and you, as a source, mm-hmm. and you analyze him for accuracy over time, yep, you realize he's way up there, man. <laughs> yeah. Love him or hate him. Yeah, this information he told us about all this stuff 20, mm-hmm. 30 years ago, and he's been hammering ever since. Look, he's the only one that the, that all the swamp has has collectively uh, censored and banned and pushed off of every platform simultaneously. Yeah, why would they do that unless if he was just a lunatic making up stuff, he wouldn't have been a threat. They would have been like, ah, oh, he's he's not he's not truthful. He's going to sink himself. We don't need to do anything. And but, they they let so much absolute trash exist on their platforms like like it's so banned from a platform a platform it is a blaring flag that they must be telling the truth because they're i mean you know i mean they got the crap on these platforms they do even pedophiles and and, yeah. and child porn and stuff like that but you know operation veritas mm-hmm. like what they're yeah. doing they're exposing their catch capturing the swamp beasts admitting mm-hmm. what they're up to in covert video, right? I mean, yeah. that, and WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks is sharing the emails of the Swamp Beast so you can read what they've actually written to each other. Yeah. Uh, this is factual information. And when you weigh them over time, they're not getting debunked and discredited, just the opposite. And that's why all the radical left can, can do is censor and delete them because mm-hmm. they can't discredit them. They have to just hide it. And that's what they do to, to us and Contraland and everything else. Whenever we start alerting the, the populace to what's going on. It just gets silenced. That's their yeah. only defense, you know, LinkedIn just deleted my LinkedIn account. I'm like, what for? And they, they posted several times when I asked a question, like, does this make sense? An, an article and said, Hey, does this make sense folks? Or does it look like it might be something else? LinkedIn couldn't, couldn't withstand. <laughs> why, why is that such a threat? Asking people to think and yeah. consider whether something that's being proven false um, might be more more scrutiny. So uh, those are the sources. I say, you know, always go back to weigh out a source's accuracy over time. That's mm-hmm. how you vet them. What have they spent their entire life doing? What's their track record? Mm-hmm. You know, if Byron Rogers has spent his time in the military and the defending people, then it's pretty safe to say that's what he is. He's not a space alien that parachuted, you know, onto Earth from Mars yesterday and eats babies or whatever these, you know, crazy people, you know, say about me and others online. When, you know, look at the facts, look at look at a person or an entity's entire track record, what they spend their time doing. Actions speak louder than words. Yeah. Look at what they've done with their platform, with their lives and their accuracy over time. That's how you vet information sources in this modern age where they're a lot more diverse. You can't just turn on ABC news anymore and uh, and hear Walter Cronkite or somebody tell you what happened. It's your radicals telling you what to think about what they say happened. And it's just, it's like Trump said, fake news. (laughs) So we delete them and we go and seek out more accurate sources. Right. So I'd say though, that's the way to find more accurate sources. More accurate sources. Yeah. The thing with Alex Jones, I I've always wondered if he was like the guy they allowed to tell the truth, but to do it in a way that would make anyone who believes him look crazy too, you know? Yeah, well it you know, I, I think it's unfortunate that he's that he that he uh 
made it silly in some. But he goes WWF with it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. I don't know. Um, and maybe, maybe if he just tells it straight, he'd put people to sleep because they don't. Uh, people have short attention span. Yeah, so maybe yeah. He just has to animate, but um, it, you know, but but he's. I mean, look at who he has on his show, and look at the the, the stories he reveals. Mm-hmm. And all, and if you don't like him, go to all the others. But I'd say if you find Veritas, you find Bongino, you find mm-hmm. um, WikiLeaks, and a lot of these that are putting out accurate scoop over time, look at who they associate with and who they support, and mm-hmm. you kind of grow your net of right. information sources that way as well. What would you say? Uh, where do these kids come from with these trafficking situations? Like, where's the they come from? A, a lot of places. Um, some are runaways, some are abductions, some are brought across the border, some are taken from foster care system, CPS, I'll, I'll target single moms a lot of times, especially here in Arizona, and take mm-hmm. children from their biological parents, put them in the foster care system, to get handed off from family to family and then off the books, and that's when they're sold outright, and off nobody's can track them and they get tortured, murdered, raped, sold, executed, whatever. So there's a lot of work to do, and there's a lot of investigation to be done. And a lot of them, too, the um, the fundamentalist Mormons, the FLDS, okay, uh, Warren Jeffs, and that entire clan, uh, they traffic children and they harm children. They waterboard children. They uh, one of our uh, personnel uh, in the early days of Vets for Child Rescue had been. And on the, the Texas uh, recovery of over 400 children recovered from the Warman Jeffs cult. And the, Four, some of those children. 400 children. Yeah, over 400 children. Yes, the biggest child Italian recovery, <laughs> biggest child rescue operation in U.S. history. It was in Texas just a few years back. Wow. Um, yeah, the, yeah. So it was a FLDS cult group, and they they traffic their children for, not only for sex but for labor. So they'll take their own children. They have a bunch of offspring with multiple wives, and then they'll send their children on a circuit from one FLDS compound to another, to another, to another, and they'll they'll use them for labor and they'll use them to rape the children. And uh, one of the things terrible that that they were learning as um, our our personnel was was sharing with us that that they were take the infants and they would put them under the faucet and, and under the water and put a napkin over their face until they turned blue and then slap them as hard as they could slap them, slap them, slap them until their hands would turn purple, the child screaming. Then they put them back under the water until they turned blue and then slap them, slap them, slap them, slap them. And this would go on for hours. And I said, my God, why would any parent do that to a child? And she said they were trying to break them from crying. So can you imagine the psychological trauma, the mush that is made of that little infant's brain and how all they need is, is, is to be loved and held at that point in their life and the torment and the terror and the hatred of that, um, my God. So there's a lot to clean up in this country, folks. I'm all about religious freedom, but not when you start harming children. That that changes everything. Changes yeah. everything. Just the thought. Just the visualization of that experience was extremely psychologically disruptive. Just the visualization of it. Yeah. Um, that is, you know. Not okay. That's not, not okay. okay. That's the Anywhere. stuff that we 
we live the end, you know. So basically, kids are kind of snatched up from different places. And I think that really outlines the importance. And baby farms. You know, sometimes some of these these cult groups will have young ladies that they they rape her again and again. And her job is to birth babies for them that go into their ritual abuse cults. And they, they do wow. God knows what with those children. Wow. So that's why a lot of them are off the books. A lot of them, you can't yeah. run the stats on them because you don't know how many they have. Wow. And, and when you, when you look into, and this is a whole dark realm, I don't want to go down this, this road today, but mm-hmm. uh, in the thirties, the Nazis really perfected the, the psychological trauma aspect of conditioning people's minds, mm-hmm. driving them into schizophrenia because their mind can't accept the horror. Yeah. And once their brain splits once you can split them again and again and again into dozens of personalities and then develop those personalities to basically be whatever slave you want. Very ugly, very dark, but, but, pervasive a lot bigger mm-hmm. we brought them over these scientists in operation paperclip along with Werner yeah. von braun and those that were some of the founders of nasa we we wanted two things at the end of world war ii they're they're psychological uh, experts and um and they're rocket scientists and those are the ones we the, the nazis we brought into the cia and nasa for their expertise and that's where a lot of this um child abuse comes from now and how they how they control people it's it's ugly it's got to be cleaned up folks we can't the good news is we can do it look one scumbag back in the 40s and 50s really perpetuated a lot of this alfred kinsey the science fraud the good news is we can all be champions for children we can all be like dr judith reisman we can all be like my daughter aspen sawyer we can all do something like bob hamer who went undercover inside when he was in the FBI, went inside of NAMBLA, a North American Man-Boy Love Association. He got eight convictions them. on their senior pedophiles there. Yeah. Put them in prison to rape no more. So we can all yeah. be champions for children, do something in our own way, watch Contraland, learn what's going on, share it with everybody you care about, go to our website, look at the tools, and then start marching forward. Knowledge is power. I mean, just sharing the, the truth is, is one of the biggest things we can all do. It doesn't cost yeah. us anything. Right. No, That's I love good that. News. Yeah, That's brother. good news. Let's continue spreading the light and, and putting light on this thing. hundred percent. That's awareness. Oh, like, I, I, you know, you don't want to just like, be like, Oh, well, it's spreading awareness, but like really the more people know about it, the more people can do about it. And so many people can help in the way that they can help that we don't know the gifts they have, you know, that what they bring to bear to the fight. And when they know about it, they can also help in their own way. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. It's like a, it's, it accelerates. Yeah. Yeah. No. So a lot of people are like, Hey, how you know, what's it like sharing a dark uh, truth with people? I'm like, well, it's hard because I don't even want to know about it. Yeah. I'm a hardened killer and I don't want to know about it. Yeah. So I can't blame a housewife for not wanting to know that horrible things are happening to children. But look, Byron, if you were my doc yeah. and I had a terminal illness, I would need you to tell me. Yeah, 100%. It wouldn't be, I wouldn't be overjoyed at the nature of the information, but I would be empowered by it mm. so that I could begin taking action to change it. Right. And that's, that's what we've got on our plate right now. Our country 100%. has a sickness and it's covered up and it's festering and it's growing while it's covered up. So my job is to pull the lid off and shine the sunlight on it. Sunlight is the best antiseptic for corruption. And for all I'm worth, Byron, I'm exposing child trafficking to combat it with everything that I have for the rest of my days. 
That's and awesome. it's a privilege. And it's a privilege. It's an honor. Yeah, that's that understanding of purpose is everything. Hardest lesson you've learned or moment you've had in the field? Oh, in the field. Well, thankfully on operations, things have gone quite well. One thing, I'll say it was hard because it was very upsetting to me at the time. Mm. I was at way back at SEAL Team 1. It was my first mm. platoon. Mm. And I was we were going to do a, a night jump. And it was a static line jump and where we hooked to the bird and the, and the, and the static line pulls your shoot out for you. Yeah. And it was in the early days We I only did probably 30 or 40 static lines that I did another 600 free falls after that. But I asked the parachute rigger who was a senior guy in our platoon. Hey, do I have all the different items I need to lower my rucksack for this operation? And he looked at it and he said, yep, 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 yep. You're good to go. So and so we went, we jumped on the truck, went to the flight line, and we were getting our, our pre-checks, and I was rigging up, and a senior chief in charge of our platoon, very hard-nosed dude, uh, and I was, man, my heart was so good. I wanted to be so good there, and he's looking at my stuff, and I was missing one item. He said, Saul, what the F is wrong with this? You, you're missing gear. You're, you haven't even cared enough to check and prepare your gear, and I'm looking at the guy that, that told me it was good and to go. That was, he was the expert. Yeah. And I got a, a chewing like I've never gotten my life. And he said, I will never forget that you did this. I will never forgive you for this. And I was like, my God, this is terrible. I don't want to be here right now. I mean, if I could fix this, I would, but I couldn't, I couldn't fix it right then. So that I think was the, was the, the hardest, uh, the most difficult moment, I would say. Mm -hmm. It, we were we weren't in the field yet, but we were about to jump into the field, and that yeah. was that was a very bad experience uh, for me. So I, I'd say that's a that was a pretty hard lesson learned to go yeah. around and make sure you get multiple checks by friends are going, hey, look, he's he's the expert. He said it's good to go, but you can yeah. you do a double check, bro? Because yeah, uh, that kind of chewing again, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. So <laughs> ultimately, it ends up being our fault. So it's like, man, yeah. and I'm the king of it, man. With TBIs and stuff. I'm always like, yo, bro, can you just double check this thing right quick? Because we both know, you know, I am not perfect, man. I, I'll be like, yo, just check this out. Uh, my poor wife has edited more documents than things for me over the years, man. It's, you know, God bless her. Um, let's see. Proudest moment um, just in the field or doing what you're doing. Well, I, you know, I want to say one of the proudest moments of my life was when our daughter had to testify against her rapist in court. He had abducted her and held her at knife point and raped her again and again all night long. And it took two and a half years to bring him to court because he fired 14 public defenders and was ultimately allowed to represent himself. And he was berating her and accusing her of every man manner of horrible thing that was proven false later. But she had to withstand his, his, um, interrogation of her on the witness stand. It was, it should have never been allowed to happen. The judge allowed it to happen. But whenever the, the predator called me to the stand, I said to the, to the prosecuting attorney, I said, look, as a federal criminal investigator, I'm used to testifying on the witness stand. I'm trained to do it. But as a father of my precious little daughter, who's a rape victim by this scumbag, I'm not a willing, um, participant. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, participant, a, a witness. And so I want to come over the witness stand at him. What is it that I can say? What is it that I cannot say? And she said, Craig, 
basically he can't say anything you really want to say and give him the, the the mistrial that he wants and but and here's what i'm driving at here's why i told this whole story byron she said if in doubt follow your daughter's lead and that was one of the most proud moments of my life because she had testified for over two hours to this scumbags uh, with him interrogation. Them and, interacting. Yeah, well, she she was spoke directly to the jury. She yeah. didn't look at him. She spoke directly to the jury like a professional. And I'm telling you, it took extraordinary strength because when we were sitting in the back in this trial and he was up there, the, the perpetrator doing all his antics the prosecution gave us these squeeze toys, stress toys. Like every, they look like little toys, but they're foam. Yeah. And like anybody squeezed this thing. Yeah. So Aspen was sitting to my left. My wife was sitting to my right at one point. He, and he, this guy was up there saying a bunch of stuff that was absolutely ridiculous and uh, harmful. And my wife nudged me and I looked at my wife. My wife was like nodding, like looking down at Aspen. And I looked at Aspen and from the waist up, bro, she was a rock. Wow. She was stoic. She was professional. She was in control. Wow. But I looked down to her little knees, brother. Oh, man. We're shaking. And as Jeez. a father, I, I almost lost it. Man. I was like, you, you got to be kidding me, man. I, I don't I don't know how I'm going to do this right now. Yeah. So I feel like the system is just so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, any rates, but that's awesome. She hammered through this yeah. guy get convicted. Um, he got convicted for 68 years, so he, he will years. rape no more. And yeah. she put him there because all yeah. of the evidence came out against him yeah. and uh, and put him away. All the forensic evidence, the video evidence, and, and so forth. Wow. Well, that's awesome. That, that's good. And, and to see that, you know, your, your daughter hammer that home and get that done, um, that's an honor. And good on you, man, because, you know, and lesser man would have just went to jail over the whole thing you know that you know you're still able to be with your family and everything else and you know yeah i think they had like eight sheriff's deputies in the courtroom when on uh on the day when they were going to sentence him yeah uh, just in case i went off <laughs> yeah I'm a little bit flattered that they brought that <laughs> um, but but a little bit concerned like what do, do you guys not have confidence that the, that he's going to get put away and yeah. he's going to be served, you know, but, uh, you know, the judge only put him away from the, from the, for the minimal. He goes, I don't see any reason to give him more than the minimum. And he, this guy was calling the judge bro and calling him by his name. Hey, Javier, you've changed, bro. Whoa, bro. Really? Bro, you've changed Javier. And we're like, so they were boys. Why is it the judge dropping the gavel and saying, you will call me your honor. I will shackle you and escort you out of this courtroom. Yeah. Anyway, but the jury dropped the hammer. I mean, they, it was guilty on all seven counts, and seven. he was eligible for several hundred years in prison. So even though the judge only gave him the bare minimum, he's still he's still down for sixty eight years, and he was already thirty four. So okay, to get out. He'd be done training. So that was one of my most most proud moments. I mean, and whenever we've captured, we captured the the first Iraqi prisoners of the war, Desert Storm, mm-hmm. and uh, I, my shooting buddy and I, Dino blew up a lot of anti-shipping mines and, and um, you know, the, the captains of some of the U S Naval ships uh, fed he and I steak and lobster in yeah. of those days, because you know, that we, we'd taken those threats of their ship and personnel out of the ocean that was in their path and things like that. That's, that's 
I was I was proud of all of it. Proud yeah. of my my teammates and our work and our our contributions. And there's a lot to be proud of, but it's just a, a privilege to serve and just do the work. You know, it's the yeah. it's the memories with the guys that really stands out. When we get together and hoist a pint or whatever we do at reunions, we always yeah. talk about the stuff that went wrong, the funny, goofy stuff. Rather than look at me, I was—I did so cool. I was I, this op went perfect. We don't talk about the perfect. No, nope. you talk, we about, talk about hey, remember when so and so's gear got hung in the helo and the helo started lifting off and he's yelling ah, and it was yeah. and it was ridiculous. And that's the stuff that we talk about, you know. That's true, man. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, favorite quote, mantra, saying. Oh man, I have some. I wish I would have uh, written one down. I think. Um, you know, one of the things is that fear is the greatest obstacle that I've seen mm. that keeps people from living out their life's purpose. Yeah, 100%. And so if you can overcome that fear, mm. uh, that will allow you to go forward and live out your life's purpose. I know so many people, Byron, that have all of the wealth, all of the success. I know quite a few billionaires. I'm blessed mm -hmm. in my life to know a lot of people. And they're not all happy. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people that have, have checked off all the blocks that mainstream society would tell you is, is success in this world. Yeah. They're empty. Yeah. They're like looking at all the Ferraris and stuff. And they're like, <clears throat> this didn't do it. They don't care. But it's in here. And it's, it's when you live out, like, why am I Craig Sawyer on yeah. the face of this planet? Mm -hmm. Why was I born? What, right. am, what can I do? And what do I want to see that I've done when my eyes close for the last time and mm -hmm. I look back on my life? What is it that I'll wish I had done? And for me, that's what I said about doing. Well, what I believe the big man wants me to do and I ask direction, just like when you're on a mission, you're asking for comms like, hey, what's the mission objective? You know, we've crushed target one. Where are we to go now? Yeah. I'm like, God, what do you want me to do now? And that's what I want to do. And that money can't buy, you know, quit chasing money so long ago. Yeah. And uh, I would want that for anybody, man, that just that satisfaction of life purpose and everybody's journey's different. You know, Byron, you're here to do something a little bit different than I am. Mm -hmm. And my wife and my children all have different paths. We can be aligned in a lot of ways and have the same beliefs, but our journey, life's journey is meant to be different. Each test okay. is unique. And so I would encourage everybody to find, seek out, explore what your life's journey is supposed to be, what your objective is, what you're supposed to do with your life. And man, when you identify that, when you find out what it is and you fixate on that and you start taking action, there is nothing that will bring you a peace yep. and a satisfaction, no matter the war around you. In yeah. your soul, man, you will feel yeah. like, man, I know I'm doing what's, what I'm, I'm doing. supposed to do. And money can't buy that, man. I don't need the Ferrari in the driveway anymore. Yeah, I got something that money can't buy. And it yeah. sounds, it may sound funny to a young man that hasn't lived and known that to be true. But I'm telling mm -hmm. you, folks, I, I, I hope that you hear me yeah. and pursue that. um, Because it's, it's great. It's everything. It's everything. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I, I, uh, I, I just, I, I mean, that was like church for like five whole minutes. <laughs> I, well, I didn't mean it. to preach, but I mean, uh, hey, truth is true. When you um, find out good news, you want to share it with people you care about, right? 
It's so true, man. And that's, I mean, that's what my brand's all about is just trying to help people understand, like, you can do this stuff, but that purpose piece is so huge. And you you unlock fulfillment on a daily basis as you make progress. And I've, you know, I've since I was 21, I've been working for billionaires and, you know, I'm 36 now. So I've been sitting on these private jets, you know, just watching them walk around, you know, and then just and I, I can second everything you're saying. It's exactly what you're talking I've had multiple times where they sit down next to me and I got my little computer and I kind of look over and they're like looking at me like you're happy. like you're like you're like hit you with your little stupid computer on my jet you're like fine and i'm stressed out about everything you know and i'm just like you know need anything sir you know (laughs) can i get you some water you know you know and it's it's that purpose and you know grace of god and um being able to lean into why you're here on the planet man if you understand why you can you can endure anyhow a lot of it you know so that's magical that's good <laughs> yo well my last question was you know how do you want to be remembered when the dust settles you kind of drop some bombs on that but if you were going to articulate it you know how would you like to be remembered what's it all for man i would say uh, you know i would want to be remembered as as really a protector a, a defender of the defenseless i can't yeah. think of any anything uh-huh. i would i would want on my gravestone more than that here, here lies a guy that just decided to dedicate his life to defending those who couldn't defend themselves. Yeah. You know, a right fighter. My wife calls it right fighter. She goes, you know, we're right fighters. I'm like, talk to me. What do you mean by that? She goes, well, look at all these predators, financial predators, uh, sexual predators, uh, psychological predators. They go stomping on people and destroying everybody in their life's path because they can. And everybody takes the easy pass out of it until they run into us. Yeah, we are the only ones that eventually stop them mm-hmm. because it's out of principle. We're right fighters and yeah. we put these predators out of business. We take their profession and their ability from them to destroy further lives, including our own. Yep. And uh, I think right fighter is, is a pretty good, pretty good thing to be. That's awesome. Protectors of the white blood cells in the body of humanity, man. <laughs> you know, we get it done. A right fighter. That's cool. Awesome. And final question, what are you up to these days and where can people find you other than at this upcoming event? Yeah, well, we're, we just finished our doc series. We're well into our radio show talking about how children are uh, in harm's way and how to protect them. Defending Our Children is the name of both of those, the TV show and the radio show. And we're about to start our documentary series. So we got three strong production companies uh, all competing to to do this and and, uh, running additional joint operations. Greg Phillips from True the Vote just uh, announced yesterday on uh, Truth Social, our alliance, uh, to, to utilize his technology for our our operations. And there are others as well that we don't talk about. So there's a lot of that, the bigger operations coming up, utilizing okay. different uh, horsepower that we have access to us and, uh, and allies and the doc series. So that's what we're primarily up to now is uh, taking more predators off the streets and filming it in a series to uh, alert the American populace mm-hmm. as to what they need to know so they can help fight in their own way too yeah so it's it's all encompassing and our our family's healing and growing closer than ever before from you know the trauma we were put through or our daughter was attacked and you know all the all the trolls out there on social media that you know whenever you step 
into enemy territory and you start doing good, obviously evil's going to bite back at your heels. And so you'll see these nasty trolls try to smear you just like they did Donald Trump or, or anything else. And accuse yeah. you of everything under the book. And a lot of them are just getting trounced <laughs> with factual evidence. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of nice to see. Um, you don't even have to address it after a certain point. People just, the, the facts take on a, a momentum of its own and the yeah. trolls just can't compete after a, a few minutes. So well, it's beautiful how like, I don't want, I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not righteous, but like, if you're not doing anything wrong and the truth is the truth, I've learned you just kind of just sit back and you let it protect you. Like the truth is there. Like it's I just pretty like, convenient, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like I try, I like, I'll, I'll look at the comments sometimes and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And then I'll just be like, you know what? Just keep hammering. Like, you know what you're doing, you know, you know where your heart is over time. They'll see your heart. And then after a while, it's like just being in right standing, defends you like it just becomes blatantly obvious you're just doing trying to do good work for good people you know and again, i love you know and that's another point for everybody and i i said it before i'll just hammer it again because i think it bears repeating mm -hmm. look at the person if if you're looking to try to assess anybody look at their life's behavior their decisions yeah. that's what they truly care about yeah they will do with their life what they value doing mm -hmm. And when they've spent their life doing something, if it's a even if it's a wildlife conservationist, if if he spent his whole life over in Africa conserving wildlife and sacrificing to do that, it doesn't stand up to reason if someone said he's the opposite of that online, yeah. right? Online is cheap. So look at someone's lifetime of behavior. Again, actions speak louder than words, and that's how you can really assess what someone's about. I mean, it's just it should be common sense, Byron. But some people they get 100 of their information online in these chat groups, and they don't bother to vet the sources. Or those down clicks, there. man. Those the clicks. Well, I mean, kind of real. I promise we're wrapping this up. But like, you know, back to the television and like the propaganda machine that it is. And then the cell phone and then like yeah. the operate and classical conditioning. And then you think that like most Americans, I thought I read like less than like 6% of Americans read a book after high school. And we know high school wasn't oh, wow. really in education. Yeah. So people's whole entire world is shaped by these things and these things. And so I think that's why, you know, the social engineering, they're so underprepared psychologically to defend themselves <laughs> or think critically, you know. Um, yeah, and I think we've shared a lot of good tips here, good information uh, yeah. how to, mm -hmm. on how to uh, get to to the truth and overcome a lot of that uh, disinfo. Because yep. yeah, knowledge man. is power, man. You want it. Knowledge is power. Boom. So, Craig, Salman, Sawyer, man, it's been, boom, it's been an honor to spend this time with you. I can't wait to shake your hand in Arizona and Tucson um, when we get after it and um, at this upcoming Protector Symposium. Uh, 5.0, we're also going to have a hard skills intensive, you guys, on the back end of that. So some of you guys are coming out for the full 11-day jump, which is pretty amazing. Um, but um, it's been an honor and privilege, sir. Thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to uh, whipping it on when we get out there. All right, y'all, go to protectorsymposium.com and uh, get those tickets while they last. Yeah, oh. we're going to do it. We're going to get after it. I look forward, forward to it as well. And uh, everybody, listen, I hope to see you there. Thank you. This is my MCK. There are many like it, but this one is mine. If you've got a firearm sitting around, a pistol that you are not doing anything with, get an MCK. They make them for every single model. If you want a micro conversion kit that will turn your handgun into a force multiplier, 
get one, man. They are ultra affordable. CAA MCK micro conversion kits are the changing the game, y'all. So if you don't have one, you need to get one. Get one. Your women, children, people that are less physically potent will be able to fire your firearm to farther distances with more accuracy. You will be able to fire your firearm to farther distances with more accuracy. I want to get one of these into the hands of a hundred thousand more protectors this year because ultimately we are only as good as the things the nation is only as good as its protection your home is only as safe and as good as your ability to protect it mck go get one drop your handgun in take it to the next level out boom Boom. Yo, what up? I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Hey, listen, in order to get more out of the brand, I want to encourage you to go join us on our social media platforms and join us at protectornation.com. We post different types of content on our different platforms at different times. Uh, you'll get blog posts, you'll get videos, you'll get real world combat engagements and things like that. So stay plugged in in order to get the most out of the brand. In order to support us, also go to protectornation.com and buy something or join forces with me on Patreon. You'll scroll down the homepage and you'll see the link. Uh, anything you can give counts, you know, think about whatever you would lose in your cushions or like spend on McDonald's this month, five bucks a month, whatever it is. Uh, that helps. That helps us make the world a better place by making good people dangerous. Anyways, this is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. And I'll see you on the next piece of content, whether it's a video or podcast out.